Welcome to Boy Boy Time Podcast. We're gonna get lady time, yeah. Oh, it's your boy, Boy Time Podcast. Coming in with the slam dunk of a theme song. Hi ho ho, it's me, LeBron James, back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by just Babby. Yay. Like to build up the suspense as if Paul's going to be back, but he's um, not. But he's not. Uh, no update uh, as to when he will be back. I don't know if he will be back next week. There have been some developments with the stuff, but who knows what's going to happen? So no promises. But Paul may or may not be back next week. We'll see. Uh, but we have a slam dunk episode. As always, uh, not a lot of news though. Sorry, there's only one bit of news that is even like a thing. The other one is like an announcement, and the, by the time this podcast comes out, it will, uh, it will have already come out. Because I'll just say it's a Mario movie two or the Mario movie trailer two. We're getting another trailer. We're getting it tomorrow as of us recording this podcast. But by the time this podcast comes out, the trailer would have already been out. So we haven't seen the trailer yet. Do you have any predictions? Um, well, people tried to do a lot of predictions last time mm-hmm. of like uh, funny movie tropes that happen in every single one of these stupid Illumination trailers. Uh, and, like, yeah, none of that's them me. Happened. Mario. So <laughs> I, you're probably wondering how I'm <laughs> <in> this situation. <laughs> um, he's right behind me, isn't he? I just want to see Charlie Day as Luigi. Yes, I would like to see an actual voice line of, of yes. his. Uh, or really anybody else except for Mario. We already got that. Um, yeah. And I don't need to hear any more of it. But everyone else I would love to... See, I saw that the the teaser like picture thing was Peach in the castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we'll be. I don't remember who's playing Peach. Is it? No, that's Anya Taylor Joy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Who would be great in the live action version of Mario? I don't know if she's done any voice acting. I don't think she has. I feel like she hasn't. She was I'm in the witch as a as a little things. kid. Well, not a little kid, but she was in The Witch as like a teenager, and then she's basically just been in like the biggest movies ever of all time, even. Which I mean, you can only go up from The Witch. The Witch was so bad, awful. I haven't seen The Witch. But, Me neither. Um. Yeah, she has done no voice acting, so I'm sure it'll be fine though. Oh wait, never mind. She was in Playmobil the movie, so she's ah, she's done extensive voice acting. Heavy work. hitters. Yeah. So we may or may not be talking about that next week. I don't even know if we're gonna remember to, because it would have been over a week since the trailer came out. But who knows? We'll see. Uh, the only other bit of news that we have this week, uh, that movie that I saw that was really depressing about an Irishman. The Banshees of Anishirin. It is uh, coming to HBO Max on December 13th. Let's go. There you go. If you want to see a pretty Dece movie, watch it. It's straight up not for everybody. Uh, But if you like artsy bullshit, it's just for you. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I did lower my star rating to three and a half stars. Instead of four. Because I'm like... It was really good cinematography and stuff. But like that story I just really not did not get a whole lot out of. Um, so sorry. But that's pretty much it for news. We have awesome. two boys of the week. Uh, th- there was just like two Titan videos that came out this week. Uh, the, the Roblox oof video by h bomber guy fantastic video i highly highly recommend it uh and defunct lands uh disney channel theme song video also Mm -hmm. a fantastic video um 
Yes. Uh, we got two big old long form YouTube videos. I'm pretty sure they're both around an hour and a half. Um, but they're great, like kind of great background things. H bomber guy is just insane. I've been watching his stuff. Uh, cause that was the first video I saw of his, um, and he's, he does gaming videos and also like right wing conspiracy takedown videos that are like super in depth. I'm like, this is a weird combination, but like he does both of them like really well coming from us coming from, well, yeah, that's true. But it's just like, here's a three hour video about why this Deus Ex sequel is not very good. And then like right after that, it's like, hey, here's an hour and a half video on the vaccine cause autism thing. It's just like, okay, you're just going to do that back to back. Okay, guy. So yeah, meet him. He makes good stuff. And Defunct Land also makes good stuff. True. So I thought I'd plug those things. The internet has been a, a blaze just it's gone viral if you will do i sound like a 2011 news um person you that sound like a 2018 news person because they're still doing it that's true there was a new video on youtube posted um, by h bumber guy called ooh roblox underscore oof dot mp3 it's a crazy video it made me laugh. Rafflecopter. Get owned. Idiot. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag follow NBC News 13 on Twitter.com. I sign every one of my tweets that. Gotta if support. you could tweet. If I could. Hey, you, might you be know. Able too soon. I think yeah, their accounts are getting unsuspended. Yes. Elon so. is. is uh, I forgot. There's a specific day where like suspended accounts can send in an appeal. Okay. I uh, it might have already happened. I don't know. I have not been paying attention. Uh, even though I do miss the boy time Twitter, it was one of my favorite pastimes. Uh, but it was too rock and roll for uh, Jack. Except Jack Dorsey wasn't even CEO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know who the CEO was. It's Jack Dorsey's cousin or something. I don't remember. No, I think I he just gave it to the board. Oh, that's lame. Top. Whatever. Yeah, it was kind of a lame transition. Lame. What the is this succession? Sense. Yeah. Hate it. Dumb. So if we get the Twitter back, we will of course make a very big announcement. Because it will be funny to me. Yeah. Uh, this will be the one good thing to come out of this whole Elon Don't Twitter get thing. Don't again. Hey, you can say anything on Twitter now. It's called freedom of speech, bitch. Okay. <laughs> See how that goes. <laughs> hey, you don't know. The right wing are uh, blazing Trump as a new figurehead of the free speech movement. And free speech means you can say whatever you want online and there are no repercussions, right? Yeah. Something like that. It's going to be great. I'm going to just post blatant vaccine inf misinformation and like bomb well, schematics. <laughs> People were posting like meth recipes on Twitter when Elon took over. Oh, okay. That one night was pretty crazy. Yeah. And everybody was still fine. That was when their moderation tools didn't work. Like, I don't think there was any moderators. So people were just kind of going off. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, because, yeah, they fired everybody. Yeah. Yep. Poor Twitter. I, I wish it would just kind of, like, fizzle out and die already. But for some reason, this cash cow keeps on starving. He lost so much money on it. He's so starving. Chilling. Yeah. It's okay. If he keeps tweeting out Twitter is fun or Twitter is cool, then it'll get more people to sign up for accounts. I don't know. I don't know what the end game is. He's so bad at everything surrounding Twitter that I don't think he knows. Yes. Have you seen the replies to every single one of his tweets where it's just people asking him to invent things? <laughs> it's probably the funniest thing He doesn't thing invent ever. things. It was like... And they're like completely random things. And it's like, 
um, it, I can't tell if they're being ironic because it's like people who it's just like a, a middle-aged guy as their profile picture and they have like an American flag and then they're like, Mr. Musk, would you mind? Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, would you, oh, what was the one I saw today? Could you invent a passenger plane that had ejector seats for passenger seats like they do in fighter jets so that people who <laughs> board planes that crash don't die? Don't tempt him. You know, he might do it. If you talk like a five-year-old like that to him, he might be like, yo, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let me see if I can. I'm just going to go. Put that in his Tesla so when they blow up or hit a child crossing the crosswalk, they can get out of the scene quickly. (laughs) That would be so awesome. Um, Okay, this was a bad. I was just going to go on a recent Musk tweet and uh, (laughs) see if I could find one but all of his stuff has been about apple so um Boring. yeah i want to find yeah okay the end table one this is gonna have one that uh uh maybe i shouldn't be doing this while i'm running a podcast because this is you have the power of editing i do have the power of editing but i don't edit this are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> Man, what is all the, all these people are just like commenting their own uh, bedside table? It's like that's not that's not what he's doing. He's flexing his gun and his diet coke. Um. Ah, whatever. You know what I'm. It's a thing. I saw like a big compilation of them, and it was pretty funny. Uh. So pretty fun he also called uh jeff bezos a leftist today i thought that was pretty funny that's just disrespectful <laughs> i know to um, everybody but <laughs> bezos. i don't know if he said it but i think he was like um like someone else like listed off a bunch of billionaires uh and of course it was like apple and bill gates and Jeff Bezos and Susan Wojcicki and like all these people. And it's like, these are all leftists that control the media and what you consume. Do you really want to side with them or would you rather follow the right wing Elon Musk? And then I think he tweeted something where he's like, this is funny to me. Cause that's how yeah. Elon Musk tweets. <laughs> this is funny to me. Good job. <laughs> Twitter.com. Good job. Sir. <laughs> Epic troll. Epic troll. Get owned, idiot. Bezos can't even let his players use the bathroom. I don't know. If I, yeah. I don't know. It's like... I have things I would say, but we're on a podcast. You can say them. Nobody's watching this anyways. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we can talk about stuff then. Or I can talk about stuff. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> I finished God of War Ragnarok. Oh my god. I know. I did it today. It took three weeks. A little over three weeks, actually. I finally finished it. I know I was bitching about the story. And the beginning is kind of... I wouldn't say it's a slog. But, you know, it picks up. By the end of it, it was... I was moved. It was a great ending. Uh, A great game. Fantastic story and pretty g-dang epic combat i know i was kind of railing on it a little bit uh on first impressions but when you like get into the game you pretty much have all the stuff you have from the first game with like no new things so i was like oh they really did just like copy paste everything from the first game and then this is just gonna be a sellout Corey balrog said that this is going to be a dlc for the first game oh i am going to get my torches and pitchforks and then throughout the game crazily enough the combat gets more and more complex and there are a bunch of things that get added and uh it completely changes everything it just builds on the existing system uh in a way that is very cool and satisfying to pull off really really epic combos but it isn't like devil may cry or bayonetta or something where it's just like over-the-top combo stuff um it's just like oh it feels good to be like switching through all this 
all these weapons and things. It's like, oh boy, it's fun. It's just fun. And when a game is fun, why bother? I believe that Reggie said that. True. Uh, yes. I don't really have a whole lot to say, and I don't want to get too much into the story or anything. Um, but like the last, the last hour or so, I did a chef's kiss. You can't see that because it's an audio. It's an audio. It's an audio program. Um, I'll just play like an Italian music right there. So everyone will know it's a chef's kiss and not a regular kiss, which would be inappropriate at a time like this. That would be kind of inappropriate during business hours. Exactly right. Um, I'm not going to do that. I've established we don't edit the podcast. Yep. We don't need to. All of it's staying in and all of it's gold. Uh, so yeah, pick up God of War Ragnarok. It's a little indie gem. You've probably never even heard of it. I saw that it's the best-selling God of War game uh, ever. Uh, you idiots should play the first game. It does not. It does not hold your hand. You could watch the God of War recap video that is on the main menu, but just play the first game, you cowards. It's so good. And as, I mean, I don't know. It, they are just really, really solid. I don't know if this is going to be a trilogy. I've heard some people say it's going to be a trilogy. I don't know if that is official, but. I don't know. It'd be pretty cool. I haven't played a whole lot of the post-game thing, because I just finished it today. Then I got like 20 minutes into the post-game, and I'm like, yeah, well, not right now. I have stuff to do. And then I did none of that stuff. Awesome. So, I guess you could say it's a pretty good day. Uh, so yeah, get God of War Ragnarok. Uh, I watched too many movies. That's that's really just that's yeah. yeah. Uh, let me see how many movies I've seen. Uh, just this last week alone, I okay started there. Okay, I think over the past four days I've seen seven movies. Uh, oh. Yes, or wait, I already talked about Pinocchio. I've seen six movies. Yes. Okay. Those movies are, I'm not going to talk about them all because whatever. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, Home Alone 2, Robocop, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Story. It's a new Star Wars story. Demolition Man, and The Fablemans, the hit Steven Spielberg classic. I'm going to be talking about Blade Runner 2049, Robocop. Glass Onion and The Fablemans, a Steven Spielberg classic. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 starts just as Blade Runner, the first one, uh, ends. Except not at all and like 30 years later. And it doesn't follow Harrison Ford at all. He's featured very prominently on the cover and he maybe has like 10 minutes of screen time. Uh, seems about right. For just That's Harrison Ford for you. If, if uh, there's a franchise that wants to do a sequel of a Harrison Ford movie, he'll be in it, but he's not going to like it. And he is going to uh, take as much money as possible because he can do that. He crashes helicopters, so he needs to keep buying them. So maybe think about that before making fun of Har Haroldson Ford. I won't. Don't do it. This movie was fantastic. It was better than the first one. Uh, the first one I gave four stars. This one I gave four and a half. It was a fantastic little film. If you don't like noir movies, skip it. But if you like Dune and you like the kind of long, drawn-out sci-fi with, like, fantastic visual effects, this is the movie for you, my friend. This is a very good, a very good film. The only bad thing about it is that Jared Leto is in it, but the good thing, is, <laughs> good thing is, is that Jared Leto plays the uh, CEO of the Bad Tech Corporation, so you're meant to hate him in this movie, mm. which is always a plus. True. 
just like he's in Fight Club. And it's you kind get... of unrealistic seeing Jared Leto at any position of a CEO, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's also blind. Oh. So that's kind of fun. It's like, you know, in, in like, Dune, there was the fat guy, and he was just kind of, like, floating around. He had all, like, those yeah. tentacle things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pretty awesome. Uh, Jared Leto's like that. He just walks around in a suit, but he has, like, all these, like, little camera, like, these little... They look like like earbuds or something, and they're like but bigger, and they kind of just like fly around him. And those are like his mm. cameras, and he has it like ah. linked up to his brain, so he can kind of like see all over the room. It's kind of cool. Nice. It's a it's a cool idea. Um, but yeah, very very nice. the The story is very good. I don't want to get I don't want to talk too much about any of these movies because I have too many to talk about. But definitely check out Blade Runner 2049. It was a box office flop. And uh, I don't think a lot of people saw it, which I think it it came out in like the era of the 80s remake or reboot. Like 2015 to like 2018, I would say is like, that was when every studio who owned like a legacy franchise was like, Oh, we need to do something now. And I think this was like happening at the tail end of that. And people maybe thought this was going to be a cash in. No, it is fantastic. Uh, this might be the only good, uh, like reboot or remake to come out of that period. So definitely check it out. I need to go see some more Denis Villeneuve movies. Uh, I need to see Arrival. Need to see prisoners in Sikoro, but they're all long. I mean, you've seen Dune. You know how long his movies are. Like two and a half. Too long. Too, too long. long. That's not true. I loved Dune. No, Dune's awesome. <laughs> uh, next, we're going to talk about RoboCop, the original one. Uh, this is my first Paul Verhoeven movie. Paul Verhoeven made. Uh, I think he made Starship Troopers, uh, Total Recall, Basic Instinct. He likes these kind of social commentary, sci-fi, um, alternate universe kind of things. Um, I just wanted to watch it because I know the squib work in it is phenomenal. Uh, there's something to be said, uh, and I don't... Uh, Listen, I don't hate CGI. I just talked about how Dune and Blade Runner like 2049 were fantastic and I love the CGI in those movies. But there's something with blood. I don't think I've ever seen CGI blood done well. And I could be wrong. I could, you know, see a clip of one that is done great. But whenever there's a real squib going off, there's something to that. You can, it feels more real. You know, because you see like the shirt explode or whatever. Uh, and Paul Verhoeven has that down. Um, the the scene in the beginning in the in the boardroom where there's like this big robot thing and it just like like shreds this dude as he's like just shot across the room. And he's like, I don't know, he's turned into Swiss cheese, I guess you could say. It, it just it's so good. It's so good. It's like the best 80s schlock uh, action I've ever seen, but it also has a lot to say, like every 20 minutes, like the movie like stops and then like ads are played from this universe. And like one of the, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, one of them is like, it's like this thing for like a medical center where you can like get, it's like a heart center, I think. And then it like, it's a doctor talking about, all of the loopholes that you have to like go through to like get this heart surgery. And it's like a minute and a half. And then it like (laughs) zooms in on him and he's like, and most of all we care. It's like, ah, funny, funny joke, funny social commentary, healthcare system, bad. Boo hoo. Paul Verhoeven. So sad about healthcare. Go back to uh, Holland. He's Dutch. Where's Dutch? Netherlands? Uh. Sure. This is. Yeah. Netherlands. Okay. Yes. Go back to the Netherlands. Get free healthcare. Who cares? 
Boo. We Americans love health care. As long as it's... No, we don't. You can't get it. <laughs> we love the current healthcare system, and we don't want anything to change ever because uh-huh. we hate poor people. Yep. That's kind of the thing about this movie is that RoboCop is like... It's also like this huge critique of the police system and stuff. Because it's like a corporation made this RoboCop because cops are so bad at their job. And crime still happens. And then RoboCop just comes along and mercs everybody. It's pretty awesome. I don't know. Just watch them blow up things. You don't have to think about this movie. I mean, you can if you want to. But why? It's fun. I gave it four stars. I loved it. It It's fantastic. Fantastic film. Uh, Next. Oh, Glass Onion. Let's talk about Glass Onion. The new movies I'll probably have more to say about. Glass Onion, The Knives Out Tale, is a uh, quasi-sequel to Knives Out, a 2019 classic. 2019, probably one of the best years for movies we've had in a very long time. Uh, Knives Out sat very high on that list. Um, And I was so excited for the sequel. Saw it with friend of the show, Grant who constantly has the wrong opinions about things. Uh, but we had we had the same opinion on this movie, is that it was a little worse than the first one, but it's still really good. I gave it four stars. I, I think it's exactly one half star less than the <laughs> first one. Um, and it's because... <laughs> okay, so the first movie and why it's so great... Uh, for those who don't know, it's a murder mystery. Both of these are murder mysteries. Um, in the first movie, it follows a family, and each character is very distinct from each other. They all have different jobs within this publishing company that the grandfather works for, or he like writes books. Um, and so everyone has a different job. They all have different motivations and distinct personalities and political beliefs and all of this stuff. And all of this plays into the banter that is played uh, by fantastic actors. Um, the The cast of that movie is absolutely stacked. Um, yeah, very, very good. Very good movie. Uh, it mostly follows Ana de Armas, who's also in Blade Runner 2049. Uh, she is the, the nurse to the, the grandfather and you're kind of rooting for her the whole time. And Glass Onion, for like the first half an hour, there's nobody like that. Everybody is horrible. There is not a single good person that is on this like island. And I want to root for Edward Norton because I love Edward Norton so much. He's one of the best actors of our generation. But he's the bad guy. He's the Jeff Bezos, um, unfortunately. And I would say Jeff Bezos. Or, you know what? No. He's Elon Musk. Because he's like a rad dude who drives around in a cool car. And he has this private island that's all made of glass. And it's very cool. And he's like, I'm a cool Reddit guy. And I... And I'm friend with Dave Bautista, and he's like a freaking like Joe Rogan. He's Joe Rogan. And then uh, Catherine Hahn is like a politician who's paid off by Elon Musk, which probably wouldn't happen. I could never see that. What? What? Never. Never. And then there's like a controversial chick. She's, uh, uh, who's she in real life? Like a Martha Stewart. No, no, she's the kind of, okay, so her, like, defining characteristic is that she's just, like, the worst, and this takes place during COVID, so, like, she arrives to the island wearing, like, one of those, like, like, fishnet masks, you know, um, that, like, celebrities would wear, and they're like, we're doing our part, but that does nothing. She was wearing one of those, and then, like, she was throwing a COVID party, so I guess she's kind of like a Kardashian, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And then there's one decent dude. 
He's uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who's also fantastic. Um, he's just he just plays like a scientist. He's like the actual inventor that uh, Elon Musk exploits and takes the credit for. So he's like a decent guy, but also like not great ethically. But yeah, and then like uh, Elon Musk's ex business partner is played by uh, Janae Monet of Fun Some Nights fame. Uh, and she's fantastic. I think she's kind of, I don't know, has she kind of like stepped away from music? Because she's been in a lot of movies recently. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I think they've been pretty uh, chill on music. Okay. Well. I don't remember, I'd have to look up the last time it came out. Well, I don't want to spoil too much, but let's just say that Janae Monet does uh, a, a very good performance in this movie. Uh, and then Daniel Craig, just a fantastic. I love Daniel Craig as uh, a ben, Benoit Blanc. He's the best. Benoit. Um, he is officially gay in this movie. He His partner is played by Hugh Grant, who is like the 90s rom-com guy, which is pretty funny. Nice. Um, but they're never shown on, on screen at the same time. I'm guessing that's a COVID thing. Because this is very obviously a COVID movie. It all takes place on one island. And it's the a very small cast of people. You're not getting your uh, Lakeith Stanfield cop coming in. It's just Benoit Blanc and these like five other people. Um, so yeah, the first like half an hour, I'm like, I don't care about any of these people. Like any one of these people could die and I would feel nothing. Because... Just the entire time, they're shown to be the worst. And, like, there's nothing redeeming about any of these people. Um, and then, like, there's a big switch into the second act. And it's like, okay, I got it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's really, really good. Um, I would highly recommend it. Uh, if you have the chance to see it in theaters, it isn't one that needs it, honestly. Um, I'm glad I did see it in theaters though. Um, but it's going to be on Netflix, uh, by the end of the December. So watch it then it'll be good. So there you go. And then the other one, the Fablemans, uh, Steven, I don't know why I'm giving it that subtitle, a Steven Spielberg classic. Um, this is probably the best Steven Spielberg movie that he's made in like 15 to 20 years. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to preface this by saying I only went to see this movie because David Lynch is in it. He, ha he has maybe two minutes of screen time and I'm, that's generous. Uh, and it's like a two and a half hour movie. So if you are a diehard David Lynch fan and you want to see this movie because David Lynch is in it, uh, well, I mean, the movie's really, really good. <laughs> but don't go in it expecting David Lynch to be like a, a prominent character in it. Um, my favorite part of the whole movie was there's just this David Lynch plays uh, famous director John Ford, who made like Grapes of Wrath and Stagecoach bunch of like westerns with john wayne and stuff and there's just a like a shot of just it's like maybe 30 to 45 seconds of david lynch just smoking a cigar and he's just like constantly just like <gasps> just like constantly breathing in and then like cutting out smoke and it is like the longest sequence i've ever seen he barely talks which is kind of sad because i you know it's David Lynch. You gotta go in for his voice. He does give a, what the hell? Gotta love That's that. Good. Gotta love that. He also gives a, get the fuck out of my robe. <laughs> you gotta love that too. Uh, but this is a quasi-biopic about Steven Spielberg's life. He says that it is not a biopic about his life. But let me describe to you the story of this movie and see if you can see any parallels to Steven Spielberg. This is a coming-of-age story about a young boy who grows up in New Jersey and moves across the country 
to Arizona, and eventually California. He is a young Jewish boy. That is important. There's a lot of things that have to go with that. There's a, he faces anti-Semitism in Northern California. Shocking, I know. What? I know. And he is an aspiring filmmaker. He fell in love with movies, seeing... Oh, what was the movie? I think it's The Greatest Show on Earth. With, with, with the freaking train that gets derailed. Um, he fell, fell in love with that movie, and ever since then he was obsessed. He made movies with his siblings and with his Boy Scout troop, and eventually he got on a little show called Hogan's Heroes. And then he made Jaws. That's not in the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like... Everything else is what happens to the main character in the movie. Um, and I, I don't know a whole lot about Spielberg, but that just seems like Spielberg, you know? Like, if I had to imagine what Steven Spielberg's life was like, it would be that. Because um, I, I really don't know much about him. I know he just kind of, like, blew up on the scene. His first movie ever was Jaws. And that's kind of crazy because like oh, you make sorry. you you make that and it's like the highest grossing movie of all time at the time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, nowhere to go but down. But he somehow topped it like 10 times. A bunch of times he made a movie with Daniel Day Lewis for Pete's sakes. Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. It's a good movie. Um. I'll say it. I think it's the best movie he's made since Lincoln. Lincoln came out in 2012. So 10 years. Good on you, Spielberg. Uh, yeah, this movie's fantastic. I don't know how much of it is that kind of nostalgia of making movies. Because there's a lot of like nods to just being like a scrappy kid making movies. Using, using your headlights to shoot stuff because you don't have access to actual production lights it's a little tip for everyone um they they were doing some of the old um like hold a water balloon full of fake blood so then when you get shot you just squeeze it and then the fake blood comes out of your hand <laughs> uh uh and the one thing that i thought was pretty pretty cool that they did was they like were in the desert and then they would like dig holes and then like have a, a plank that was kind of like in the hole and then half out so it was like you could step on it and then like send the board up and then they put like sand a bunch of sand on that board and then like they were shooting a war scene where all these guys were like running across the desert and then as they were running like the actors were stepping on the board and like sending the sand up as if they like there was a big explosion like that's a cool trick. I didn't even. I mean, mm -hmm. that's pretty scrappy for a a young boy. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of heart to this movie. Um. Yeah, it's weird to see that Spielberg charm, um, again, because <laughs> I feel like his his modern movies have been so devoid of that. Because like you watch, even like E. T which I'm not a huge fan of E.T., but there's a whole lot of, like, whimsy and just heart between these characters. Um, or, like, Jurassic Park. You gotta love all the kids in Jurassic Park. Don't take that out of context. Uh, and then Hook. That's a movie with a lot of heart. Nobody likes that movie except for me, but I like it. Um, he just knows how to, like, create people who are likable. And who you want to see succeed. And they may or may not be... They're probably not perfect. He likes to show, like, kind of flawed people. But the, you still like, oh, come on. You can do it, guy. I believe in you. Um, and that's kind of this whole movie. Um, it's fantastic. I, I, I went into it with the lowest of expectations. Like, oh boy, another modern Spielberg movie. What's this gonna be? the ready player one i don't care about this at all i gave it four and a half stars it was what it was phenomenal i loved it um yeah i don't know what's keeping me from giving it the 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 full-on five 
but I feel like I've been too generous with the fives this year because I think I've given out t- uh, two. Pinocchio and everything everywhere. Which I think are two reasonable fives. But I don't know. I don't want to be giving them out willy-nilly. I think it deserves to be just for the perfect movies. And mm-hmm. Fableman's... It has the fatal flaw of being directed by Spielberg, and therefore it's not cool. (laughs) So that's all the movies I watched. Well, it isn't all of them, but I'm not going to talk about Home Alone 2. What do you want me to say about Home Alone 2? It's the same movie as the first one, except it takes place in New York. It's the same movie. It's good, but the first movie is also good. So if you just do the same movie again, it's pretty good. Uh, Demolition Man, stupid. Pro-cop propaganda, a libertarian's mm. wet dream. Also, mm. pretty cool. Also, pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I like watching people get shot. That's don't take awesome. that out of context. Um, I like the schlocky kind of shot. I'm never going to watch a David Cronenberg body horror movie, but if it's just, like, fun... And stupid, I'm all for that. That's why I love Tarantino so much. Mm. Just stupid amount of gore. It's not even funny, except it is. I love watching Hans, uh, the German guy, get the swastika get, get carved on his forehead. It's awesome. It says a lot about society. Take the <laughs> uniform off, but you can't take the swastika off your forehead. True. Ever thought about that? It's an interesting message. I had to talk about that in my uh, my film history class. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was like, what does this represent? I don't know. It's Tarantino. What do you want me to say? You probably just did it because it looked cool. I don't think Tarantino is capable of having like That is like message. half the things that Tarantino does. <laughs> yeah. It's like Tarantino, like... Tarantino's famous quote is, when asked, why do you do so much blood and gore? Couldn't you just make a movie that is just good writing and stuff? And he said, because it's fun, Jan, get with it. True. Which is, I agree 100%. So, there you go. Movie week. (laughs) What a movie week it was. Uh, Pinocchio's coming out next week. Everybody go see it on Netflix. Okay. That's all I have to say. We will move on to the music portion of this podcast with Babby. There is nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Nothing? You I didn't listen to, to anything? Nothing new. Wow. This is crazy. I don't think anything came out that I was interested in. Did you listen to the Nickelback record? No, that was last week. Well, I don't know. You might have listened to it. No. Okay. I have heard a couple songs from it, though. It's pretty pretty bad. Okay. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Okay. Um, Um, I don't know what's coming (laughs) out. They have Sissa next month. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I guess I watched a show more than I watched a movie. So Talk about it. Listen to music. Uh, 1899. The Dark uh, Show, too. The Dark Show people made a <laughs> boat show. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think we're three episodes in, so we're almost halfway through. Okay. Um, it doesn't seem like it because they pack so much in one episode because these yeah. are like one-hour episodes. Yeah, those are uh, like, if it's anything like stuff. dark, it's just like yes. constant and it's just so exhausting. Um. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, This one's like a little bit easier to digest though but i can't tell if that's because i've watched dark or not um i don't know but basically it's like this ship that is taking people to america from like all different countries um so you have like the french and the spanish and the japanese Mm. um and so it's a multinational show so there is english in it but there's also a million other languages. That's cool. So you definitely need subtitles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't watch it dubbed. That's oh, no, weird. don't watch it dubbed. Because um, it, it plays big roles in the characters is like their 
their nationalities and stuff. Yeah. Um, but this is like, so Dark tells its story very much through visual and sound. Mm-hmm. Um, like strikingly so. There's not a lot of dialogue in that show. No. And when there is, they let it, they give it time to breathe because it's heavy hitting stuff for most of it. Yes. This show was mostly dialogue, um, which is not a bad thing. It's just very different. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, the guy that plays future Jonas is in the show. Um, he does very good. Uh, I like him very much as an actor. Um, but there is so many twists and turns. This show doesn't give you anything. Um, Dark doesn't hold your hand, but this show definitely doesn't hold your hand. (laughs) (laughs) We were so confused for most of it. Um, But it's still very, very well crafted. They show you little hints and little teasers and little everything. that You can kind of like think and pull apart as you're watching. Um, Lots of different twists and turns already in only the three episodes. Um there's a lot of weirdo stuff that goes on. It's a lot more weirdo than dark. Uh, dark was more grounded in reality besides the whole time travel thing. <laughs> besides um, everything, but yes. Yeah, but like <laughs> it, it still felt like it was like... Yeah, you know, no, I know what you're saying. Grounded. It felt like a Christopher Nolan movie. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. This show is not like that. This show, uh, it looks like an H.P. Lovecraft like production. Mm. It's very occult. Um, it's very pretty. Like, the outfits that all the different countries wear is, like, they're super exaggerated. Um, but there's, like, the logo of the show with the upside-down triangle with a little line through the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single character has that built into their uniform somehow. Mm. Um, it's, like, in the d- decor of the ship and everything. Um, but it's, like, a... I think it was based on a true story of, like, a ship um, hauling passengers and getting lost and just, like, falling off the face of the Earth. Mm. Um so it does take that theme, so it is very much ghost boat type stuff, um, which is pretty cool. There's definitely some similarities to Dark, um, but they're told in a different way. Uh, it's not as um, it's not as time focused. It's 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 weird. There's something else going on with it. <laughs> <laughs> but just no getting into it. It's one of those crazy rides again where you have to be very focused up. And like, I think the last two episodes we watched, they end with like some gigantic info drop and then just end the episode. Mm, I think yeah. Dark did this as well. Yeah, I think so. Like most episodes. So they have a formula and it works very well. <laughs> but I am very much enjoying it so far. Um, there's only eight episodes, which I feel like is a good amount for this because we're already getting like a good basis of what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not like Dark where like... 75% through the first season, you're starting to get it somehow. This one, you can at least put pieces together a little bit quicker. Um, but the acting is really fantastic from everybody. These are all actors. I have like no idea who they are because it all is like multinational. Mm. Um, but soundtrack is fantastic. Uh, it uses like the, the old bassy horns of like cargo ships and like plays that into the soundtrack and it's very glitchy. Um, it's not used as much as Dark. Dark uses a lot of its music. Yeah. But this show, the show uses like it's, it picks songs like Dark, um, that are very much intertwined to what's happening currently in the story. So if you read the lyrics of the songs as they're going on, it gives you like little hints, um, and that's really cool. It's I, I love these mystery shows, especially when they're as well done as this. So we'll see how far off the rails it gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't. So far pretty good i don't know if it's is this a one and done or is this a limited series or is couldn't this tell you well, okay. i guess we'll find out when i finish it yeah i guess we'll see yeah all right yeah it doesn't look like it'll have legs to have multiple seasons but like at the same time after some of the bombs that get dropped after like right before the episode ends it definitely could there's room for it yeah well i guess we'll see be fun I think I'm, uh, uh, I don't think I'd be, <laughs> I'm not in the right headspace to watch, no. uh, 1899 right now. Yeah. You might like it more than dark though, whenever you are ready for it. I might. Uh, I probably will watch it eventually. It's mm-hmm. one of those I will eventually just like clone high. Yes, sir. I won't. I was hoping to get to it sometime and then 
I have to write this stupid research paper about Nina Simone. Who even cares about Nina Simone? Not Lauren Hill. It's true. It's funny because Lauren Hill made a tribute album to Nina Simone. Did you know that? Humor. I did not. Huh? Huh? Feels like five songs on it. Pretty it's cool. A very hefty tribute. Well, I'm, it's, there's a bunch of people on it, but oh, she, okay. she has the most on it. I was going to say, five songs is all she gets? No, it's a 16-track uh, 16 album with Lauren Hill having, let me count, uh, seven, six, six songs. But like Commons on it, Mary J. Blige, Usher. <laughs> yeah. Hey! Uh, yeah, I guess I could talk a little bit. I listened to Harry Belafonte's album, uh, Calypso Mm. for the paper. It's pretty good. I, I, you know, I knew nothing about it. I knew that. Well, I knew one thing about it and that's the fricking Deo song. Everybody knows Deo. Deo. Um, and that... It's crazy because it's on the the album twice. Once as Deo, Deo, track six, Starro, Mm. for the day shift. Uh, See, the first one is for the night shift. Second one for the day shift. He used to live somewhere in the Caribbean, and they actually sung that song. Don't worry, it'll my paper will get published soon and everybody will be able to read, to read it. It'll be in a very prestigious journal. It'll be in the Journal of American History uh, on January 5th. And everyone can read it. Except it's not. So that's podcast for you. Um, Let's go. Yeah, hopefully something happens. When are the Game Awards? It was a holiday weekend, I suppose. That's probably why. Yeah, there was like nothing over this whole week. Um, Game Awards, frick, two weeks. Well, I guess it's next week, but it'll take two weeks for us to talk about it on the podcast. Correct. I am nothing if not a slut for the awards season. We love awards season, huh? Yo! I wish they would invite me to the red carpet. Uh, maybe someday. Think there's a chance? No. Think the Grammys would invite popular music YouTuber boy time to... God, no. If they invited us, would you go? Probably not. That sounds scary. Oh, I'd go. It'd be awesome. Imagine wa- walking the red carpet with Bruno Mars. It'd be so fun. We'd like be just some guy. Yeah, like, I'm some We'd guy. just be like normal people. Does Fantano go to the Grammys? Oh. <laughs> I would dress up as Fantano if I went to the the Grammys. I would dress up uh, as like uh, Pharrell from 2012. Mm. Just to be funny. Yeah. Or Michael Jackson now. Just a skeleton. Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> style. Yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, bye.